Welcome to Ask a Pastor. This is uh, something we've been doing just to address questions uh, from a variety of people. And if you have questions, please feel free to send them to askapastor at orchardhillchurch.com. And we will be happy to address those in a coming episode. Uh, some of you get this by podcast, some on radio, some Facebook, uh, Instagram. I think there's some other deliverables as well. But uh, we're glad that you've taken a few minutes to just make this part of your day. And today I'm joined by Kay Warheit. Kay is part of our Butler campus. She directs the women's ministries in Butler uh, for our campus there. And has, uh, before that, uh, been part of the staff at Orchard Hill Wexford for a long time. So Kay, welcome. Thank you. And uh, today we're going to jump into just a few questions. Here's the first question. It says, I'm a 57-year-old man. attending. I've been attending Orchard Hill for a little over a year now. I love it. I enjoy it. And I've learned so much about myself. Uh, I've been shown a lot about how I need to change things about myself. And then he says this, uh, why is it so hard to become less self-centered and selfish? Um, this has been one of the biggest struggles for me. So, so, so the question I think that's embedded in that is, is why is it so hard to change and how can I change? First of all, um, it is a wonderful thing to realize that uh, you are self-centered. Hmm. I think uh, you can spend a lifetime trying to be good, but when it comes to the core and realize that um, it isn't about me or I do spend a lot of time worrying about me or um, worrying about my image or am I good enough, it's, it's a real blessing to come to the point, even though it's very painful. And it is like putting a magnifying glass up to your own personality and seeing, um, oh my gosh, I didn't realize that was my focus. Mm. I didn't realize um, how mean or snarky I can be. Um, and I, I, I think it's um, years ago, I heard a young man talk about Matthew 12, where it talks about the story the, of the swept clean and left empty, a house was rid of an evil spirit and then left empty. And I think sometimes we can do that with realizing um, I need to get rid of myself, I need to get rid of my own focus, I need to get rid of my lifestyle, and then what? And then you can implode and think, um, if I just obey the rules, if I just do this right, and it's really more a focus on what can I do for God, how can I serve him, and that comes with, instead of thinking about yourself, it comes with life group, community, reading the word, um, not, not just dwelling on, why am I like this? Um, and I think you said a few weeks ago, it, it actually gets harder as mm. you get older, and I find that with myself. Um, I, I look at scripture and I think, especially we're, we're looking at James and judging other people, and I might not say anything, I might look pretty good, but in my thoughts, why would they wear that? Why would mm. they get that tattoo? I'm judging. And instead it's, God, what do you want me to say to this person? How can I be praying for this person while I'm standing here, sitting here? It becomes more about what do you want, God, rather than um, I, I need to make sure that people are okay with me, that, that self-centered. Mm -hmm. So again, it is, it is a painful thing to realize how self-centered you are. Um, it only gets worse mm -hmm. the closer you get to God because it is his light shining on you, seeing things that you had never maybe seen before. And um, it is a real blessing to be able to change in him. Yeah. Yeah. Change is an interesting concept because uh, it seems to me that we don't really change until we really want to change. Yeah. And what I mean by that is we, we 
may think we want to change, but until we actually either hurt so much because of something that's happened that we say, I need to change, or we grow so much, or we have a new vision uh, for what right. we can be, what we do is we say, oh, it'd be nice to change. I mean, the proverbial kind of example of this is dieting. I mean, how many of us will, yeah. will say, oh, yeah, I, I should diet. And then we look at the mirror and we go, ah, I should, but it's not that bad. And then we don't. Right. Uh, until either we hit a point where our doctor tells us we need to do something or it's going to have you know, some kind of an impact on us or we have some event or something, have some new vision. And, and so when it comes to spiritual change, uh, what, what seems to make that challenging is, is it seems to me, just having experienced this personally, watched it as a pastor for a lot of years, is we go in cycles, meaning, meaning we'll have a season where it's like, oh, I really want to change. I really want to address this. And then we'll, we'll, we'll have the motivation and maybe we'll take some really positive steps and then something will happen and maybe we get distracted, something else comes up and all of a sudden we, we, we don't sustain the effort in that, in that one area, right. maybe the way that, that we started down the path to do. And, and so uh, the other thing that, that I think makes change really hard is in a Christian arena is there are so many areas that, that need to be addressed. Like when I read my Bible, I'm just overwhelmed at yeah. times by it's like, I have so far to go in so many areas. Yeah. I don't know that I can change that much. Mm -hmm. and, and so it's, uh, there's a little bit of a, where do I even start yeah. uh, in that? So, so somebody came to you and was overwhelmed just saying, okay, I, I realize, you know, you think you said it, the further I go in the Christian life, the more I realize I still have a ways to go. Yeah. Um, what, what would you say if somebody's really kind of in that overwhelmed space of saying there's just so many places I'd like to experience change and I haven't. Uh, how, how would you encourage them to go about that? Well, I've actually, um, you know, one-on-one -on -one mentoring mm -hmm. with someone to just start that long uh, trek to changing. It might be studying the Bible together. It might be an accountability partner. But it has to be, um, just like with dieting, I, I have to be accountable. Mm -hmm. I have to want to, and then it helps to have someone, Christian um, accountability or iron sharpens iron. It's, let me, let me just step by step. And then out of, out of that comes um, an understanding that it's not quite so big. It, mm -hmm. it's, it's just one day at a time asking God, I don't know how to change, help me change. Mm -hmm. um, I would say one-on-one -on -one mentoring, of course, um, regular attendance and Sundays when, when you feel like it's overwhelming, maybe there's one thing I can hear today, mm -hmm. or maybe the change isn't gonna happen uh, because of this message, but if there's something I can do to just discipline myself. I, I just, I really feel uh, the books you read, the company you keep, yeah. Um, maybe not listening to Christian radio, Christian music's for everybody, but whatever you can to just soak yourself. Um, again, you count calories, like you said, with dieting, mm -hmm. where you make sure you have someone, uh, call me, let me right. make sure. That accountability needs to take place. And that's what I would say. I would meet yeah. with someone or find someone. Yeah. Um, if you listen to me on weekends, I'm going to use this story at some point in the future. But um, uh, the other day, I had a friend invite me to pit basketball's practice. And I'm a basketball fan, so I like, like that kind of thing. So I got a chance to go watch them practice. And, you know, these are Division One basketball players, big-time athletes. And what struck me about it was 
was that they're doing the same drills that kids do when they're in oh. fifth grade and starting to learn the game and and that that they drilled things um, that were beyond fifth graders but 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 what they drilled uh, you saw the kid the, the the student athletes doing these these really complex things but they broke it down so that when they were in games and high pressure situations it was an instinctive response oh. and you could really see that and and i i had a moment where just watching that i thought that is what you want to do in character formation you have to go back to some of the basics and say you, you know what is it that that will be significant for me but then to to put yourself in a place where what you're doing is is saying i'm responding when i can to this in a certain way so that when I'm in a place that that's harder down the road, yeah. I'll have an instinctive response. So take something like selfishness, which uh, being self-centered. So, so, so maybe it's learning some scripture, whatever around selfishness, taking your eyes off yourself, basic. But then where can I practice not being selfish mm -hmm. uh, so that when I'm in a place where, where I'm going to have that, I've developed some muscle and some, some what does it feel like to give of myself? And, and so, you know, it might be something really simple, like saying I'm going to take, a, t take the least um, um, kind of glamorous chore of the house and I'm just going to start doing that because it's a way to just actively say I'm practicing being selfless rather than selfish. And, and it's interesting, I, and obviously there's a lot of other things we could say about that, but, but, but I just thought that analogy was interesting, just, just the, breaking it down to little things, basic things over and over again, so that when you're right. in the big moment, then you have, have the, the internal re, uh, reaction to that. So, okay, here's a, a question, and this is something people have <clears throat> talked about for years, and, um, and that is what is the perspective that a Christian should have on abortion? Well, the automatic answer is, or the, the go-to is the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not murder. And um, that, that is not uh, something the world can comprehend when it's, you know, my it, first and second Corinthians both have a scripture, your body is your temple. And you say, well, it's my body, I can do what I want, and I have a right. And I, I, I remember struggling with the Garden of Eden and how they put God second. They broke the first commandment. They, they wanted their own way. And they were banished from the garden. And I didn't understand how that seems so harsh, but nobody can tell you. Uh, the law has been given not to make life good, but the law has been given so that you are not banished from the good life God wanted. Nobody can tell you the memories that you have. Um, if you slander someone, you can't take those words back. If you scream at your parents and disrespect, you can't take that back. You steal, you always have that memory. When you take the life of an unborn child, you cannot go back and undo that memory. That, that haunts you, and that law is there for you to understand. You step outside that law, that good life is taken from you. Okay, I wanna, I wanna just come back uh, to the beginning for a second of what you said. You said the go-to is the Ten Commandments, you shall not murder. There are people who would be of faith who would say, uh, in fact, whole churches that kind of would say, hey, yeah. we're pro-choice, yeah. because they would say it's not murder until the baby is born, it's still um, part of the mother's body and conception. Uh, so, so, so why would you say so um, almost matter-of-factly, hey, 
this is the go-to, this is, this is the way I see it, uh, when there are clearly others, even people of faith, who would say, ah, you, you know, that, 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 that's still up for debate. How would you respond? And the reason I, I want to push on this is I'm assuming that, that there's at least some people who, who listen to this that wouldn't just say, oh, the Ten Commandments says it, that settles it, that would say, mm-hmm. you, you know what, there's, there's more to it than that. Well, and, and even, even the um, laws are confusing. I mean, you can have, you can have uh, a woman decide to have an abortion, and then you have um, a drunk driver hit a woman who's pregnant, and it's a double murder. Mm-hmm. It, it, the law is confusing, and you can see why people are confused. Um, we'll abort a baby in one wing of a hospital and then fight to save struggle. the same baby's life. Mm-hmm. Uh, down the hall. Even removing um, the baby right. uh, to take, you know, surgical mm-hmm. uh, matters in their own hands and then putting the baby, mm-hmm. that they treat it as a life. So I, I feel that it is confusing, but, but the medical world will, bottom line, mm-hmm. consider it a life, even though they'll say um, it, it's not a life, it's just a fetus. So I, I do feel for those who... Um, Again, it's the company you keep or the understanding that um, it's okay to do what you want. It, it doesn't matter. But I, again, I stress, you know, with all Ten Commandments, nobody tells you what can haunt you, mm-hmm. what can take away the life that you think um, won't bother me. This is just for now. But in years to come, you will understand yeah. that this was not right. This was not meant to be. Okay. Yeah, the... Um the argument typically from a biblical standpoint is is that people would go to passages like Psalm 139 and talk about being knit together in God's womb and how God knew us before, before. the the physical birth as soon as we were conceived um, and and I realized that for some they'd say well that still doesn't decide the issue and and in some ways I don't know that <coughs> that the issue has to be decided on those grounds. And, and the reason I say that is I think, I, I think the, the concept of, of life, potential life, is still something that, that if you take that away, you are still acting in a way that is, that is determining the course of a future life. And, and so however you want to define those terms, there's still something there. And and one of the arguments that, that I've made about this that, that I think is interesting is, is any nation that doesn't continue to um, care for its young, ultimately that nation ends up um, falling. Okay. And uh, both politically, economically, militarily, every, every way. And, and I realize people would say, well, the sovereignty is over your own body and we don't care about the nation. We don't care about any of those things. This is that person's choice but but in making that choice you're taking away a lifetime of choices yeah. of another individual uh and, and that's that's why i say i don't know that it has to be resolved there although that's where people tend to go okay. is to try to argue the when is it life when is it not life uh one of the things that that was most compelling to me about this was uh, years ago i went to the university of uh, not university the museum of science and industry in chicago it's right by the university of chicago uh geographically and they used to have an embryo display um, where they had one for every week of a woman's pregnancy uh, where you could see an embryo. And I remember just, just walking through that, and, and, and it was so jarring to see how early the Life. baby uh, appears to be 
human um and uh and and i would think it would be be challenging but but it's a hard issue and certainly if you're a person who's had an abortion um it is something that uh that i can't imagine kind of the emotion i'm sure there would be times of saying i want to justify what i've done or maybe i don't feel good about what i've done um but like anything in in our christian experience or in life uh there's there's grace there's a god who loves us more than than the decisions that we make and so that's a that that's a place that that i i come to from time to time but i do think it's important that that the christian church um doesn't just seed on this issue and even though there's churches that would say hey we see it completely the opposite way uh, to me this is one of those issues where you say no we believe that there is life here and that and that just like, like the church should care about all lives, should care about the unborn uh, as well. Okay, uh, any other thoughts on that, that issue? Uh, what would you say to somebody who has had uh, an abortion? What, what words of wisdom would you give to somebody? Well, that, that through Christ, you know, there is forgiveness, there is life, and there is a way to give hope to others um, through your experience to not... Um, to not stop there, to go on, um, and to to understand the magnitude of God's grace once again. Okay. Here's a, another question that we have. Um, my daughter has started using, uh, I assume that's referring to using uh, substances, and will not respond to my challenges to stop. Uh, what would you recommend as a next step? So, so I'm assuming this situation is a parent who says, our daughter has started kind of using some stuff. We know she is. We've challenged her, but she continues despite our pleas uh, to stop. What, what would you say to a parent who's in that situation? Um, first of all, you're the parent, and you are in charge. And uh, secondly, it's not about you. It's not for you to be uh, your child's friend at this time. You are the parent. And it's no different if you found out your child had cancer. You would go out of your way to get the best treatment. You would go out of, way, out of your way to change your life, your schedule to accommodate this healing and to get the best treatment you can. Um, to me, it is no different. Uh, when you start with drugs, it's no different than finding out your child has cancer. You, you need to go out of your way. Um, you need to be the parent in shutting down your child. Um, it, it sounds harsh, but it's not. What do you mean by shutting down? Uh, the avenues for them to get mm -hmm. that drug, um, if it's friends, if it's social media, um, taking their phone, taking their lifestyle. Um, I, I had heard years ago on the radio that a teenager's mind is very similar to that of a three-year-old, and in that it's me, about me, my way, I want what I want, you can't tell me what to do. And I think we fool ourselves into thinking that I want to be my child's friend. I don't want them to not to not mm -hmm. love me. But you would never leave a three-year-old alone at the mall. You would never leave a three-year-old home alone. Uh, and when your child has made the decision to take drugs, you treat them like a three-year-old in many ways, which sounds very um, uh, harsh. But this is drugs. This is a matter of life or death. And drugs are not let me try this once mm -hmm. they can be very frightening and down a path where they lose their life and i i just tell anybody who says i think my child's doing drugs well you're probably right they probably are if you think that and 
Dr. Dobson said years ago, nobody is going to love your child as much as you do. So you can't go to other parents and ask for help. You can certainly try, but the point is, it's you and God, you are accountable, and this kid. And hopefully you're on the same page with your spouse, but you do whatever it takes to stop that drug flow because yeah. you can't just urge, plead, beg, um, if they've already tried, that becomes offensive to them and they will sneak and try and find ways. Yeah. And you're dealing with a mind that is not um, maybe th be able to, to, to reason. Yeah. Well, there's a reason that uh, it's referred to as drug addiction yeah. is, is the drugs do feed an addiction. Yeah. And whether that's, um, you know, disease that was inborn or an appetite that's developed, is secondary to the fact that unchecked that addiction uh, will lead somebody to a place that they don't want to be you don't want them to be and so having um, been um, around people long enough i've seen the devastation and so I, I think what i would say to a parent who is facing that is i would agree with what you said there's nothing that i wouldn't do to try to separate them from the environment. If you have to move out right. of state, right. do whatever it takes to, to get them away from right. whatever it is, is drawing them into it. Uh, if you have to, but, but I would also say, go and find some people who have dealt with this, meaning other parents, yes. hear their wisdom. What I have heard from parents who've dealt with this is, um, you know, uh, a, a very, um, resigned position often, of saying, I didn't know what to do. Um, and sometimes they say, I wish I had done more. Sometimes they say, maybe that wasn't the, the, the approach. But certainly if the child is still in your home, still has, you still have the potential yes. to shape something, um, then I would say, you, you know, find any method to, uh, to, to deal with it as quickly and as early as possible. And I think what you said, if you, know, if you suspect something, don't sit on it because um, that's probably your, your best opportunity to change the course is early. Um, the longer it goes, the harder it is to, yeah. to deal with and to effectively <laughs> change. And, and I really do believe that this is one of um, the great spiritual battles even of our day is, is that that's a way to destroy lives, families from God's best for them yeah. is to get them down this path. And so, um, yeah, um, and... It, uh, are you aware of any resources that you would direct somebody to uh, from uh, just saying, here's, here's you know, a, a resource that might be helpful right away? Well, it, like you said, um, there are support groups um, that, you know, we have at the church. Mm -hmm. You absolutely, as a parent, need support because you think you're losing your mind. And you, you need um, to, to hear, as you said, how other people are dealing and in ways that you never might have thought. And, and when you're taking that away from your child, you're shutting them down, um, then you need, again, to fill in. Right. What are you going to do while, while they sit at home? Can you be a creative parent? And reaching out, like you said, to other parents. There is, there is a paranoia that comes with hmm. everybody knows and you know what do they think of me? You can't go yeah. there. You have to just address this child and, yeah. um, 
and, w- and ask God to save them. It helps. Yeah. It's hard if you're a single parent. It helps yeah. if you're on the same page with your yeah. spouse. Okay, thank you. Uh, we'll need to leave it here. Again, send questions to askapastor@orchardhillchurch.com. We'll be happy to address those in coming broadcasts. Thank you.